Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. I saw you laughing. I knew you were doing it. You couldn't wait to play Billy Joel. I sent you a whole list of songs, but I knew it was going to take a break at 2 o'clock, and you were smiling. <laughs> you, you, all, you were like the poker player with an awful tell because you were looking around the room. You were smiling the whole time. This is a tradition where he plays it every Friday, but the tradition was broken up two weeks ago, Fitty, and then you were highly upset about it. Yeah, it was whenever we did our cookout playlist stuff. No, no, I, th- I still think I played it. No, you did. Wait, you, cookout. You st- hold, 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 hold. Yeah, stop this bus. <laughs> cookout play. Who plays Billy Joel Piano Man at a cookout play? Who, who, who does that? This is so it's a it's the joke where he kept playing Billy Joel, and it was when I was doing the rotating guest thing, okay. and then he just kept it alive, and so it was almost a funny break. From the cookout list to go to Billy Joel. No, because it you're was right. when Shrop was in here while I was in the afternoon. Well, yes, two weeks ago we took the break from <sighs> Billy Joel. But yeah, and you got mad at Shroppy for not playing it. And because it, I asked him to play something. And Shroppy just a little too early in the game. To say no. To say no. Yeah, well. Makes sense. You know, he but learned his lesson. And there's a reason we haven't heard from Wes since he went on vacation. <laughs> oh, jeez. Why is that? I'll just leave that at that. That's scary. Oh, no. Not I'm really scared, to be yeah, honest I'm with worried. you. Like, do we need to put out, like, a, again, a be on the lookout? Do we need to put out <laughs> a solo for Wes? <laughs> SOS, please help me. Um, let's go to the text line, 704-570-9610. I did ask you, players that were better in video games than in real life. We got a Vin Baker reference from a 704 number. So is that was that NBA Live or was that um, NBA Two, 2K? 2K, that's probably live because 2K got hot. When Iverson was on the cover, yeah, two thousand was it? Oh, was it K one? K one, yep. So I Iverson. just remember. I, I think when when two K took full control, it was when Iverson was on the cover. That was the one where it's like, okay, you had yeah. to have this game now because I was still going to be a live guy. There were actually there were a couple of because again, there's two K and I think Iverson was on the cover for that. Two K one, he was also on the cover, and I think it was like two K three, two K four. So they just kept riding the Iverson train as they like everybody else did at that time. Yeah, everybody else like. I, Allen Iverson is the culture. I, 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 so he was 2K3, and I, I'm looking for some other ones. I think he was. I think it was NBA 2K, like okay. the original Dreamcast one. All right, so there you go. We have Allen Iverson on the cover. Uh, we did get a Mike Vick reference from Vernon. 2004 Madden. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's he's probably the most iconic video game athlete ever. He is. And Bo also, Jackson, Tech and, and the reason for the passing cone because everybody got so mad that you could just like dart around they put in the passing cone just to nerf michael vick <laughs> um i had the nerf speaking of nerf and michael vick do you remember the football that would open up and you can draw the plays I it had a little no, yeah i had that, that, that one, one that, a i'm a little football. too old for that one yeah probably i had a fire football there um somebody wrote in bill elliott on uh yeah bill elliott was unbeatable playing for nintendo what is it called nes what is that yeah. just the nes nes yeah, NES, yeah. I'm a little too young for it i apologize <laughs> um jr smith and bobcats gerald wallace yes gerald wallace absolutely yes rudy gay yes rudy gay was very absolutely. good in the video game um yeah we got a couple of other guys that you could uh that you could mention too mine is eddie house that's my favorite one also absolutely. carlos delgado on the show Underrated in real life and underrated on the video game. Um, All right, so we can move on. Let's talk about what ESPN is doing right now. And there were rumblings about this coming up. We actually have some names to give you. ESPN, man, cutting the biggest pool of talent in both prominence and maybe not volume, but certainly prominence 
that I've ever seen. And we've seen a decent amount of ESPN layoffs before, but they're cutting around 20 on-air stars in this round of layoffs, according to Andrew Marshan of the New York Post. Some of the people that are being cut from ESPN, Jeff Van Gundy, I mean Giants, Jeff Van Gundy, Max Kellerman, Keyshawn Johnson, which I'm surprised about, Susie Kolber, and Jalen Rose, just to Steve name Young. a few. How about Todd McShay? Yeah. Who is the other one that you just mentioned? Steve Young. Steve Young, another guy that's been on there for quite some time. Just giants, Nada. Yeah, let's go ahead and tell the people. You are somebody yeah. that had fallen victim to a round of ESPN layoffs yeah. before. What are these people going through right now on a different scale, but Ooh. still the same thing that happened to them? The big thing that I do want to point out to this is that for every one of these stars, there are probably five guys that you have never heard of that have gotten that have to go look for another job in a very, very crowded field with hiring freezes going left and right. So I want to start there. But it is a very heartbreaking thing, especially when you're on, let's say, a temporary contract like I was, where you, you're told, okay, there are going to be 10 spots available for you. Surprise, and then you work your job. Surprise, there's only three or four. So you're going through, the biggest thing is, what am I going to do now? And if you're fortunate, you lit, you made your home in the same spot that you had to work. If you're me, um, after I came from here, this station, to ESPN back in 2016 or so, the big thing you got to, the big thing is just, you just have to want, you're starting to wonder what you're going to do now. For certain guys, Jeff Van Gundy specifically, you're not necessarily going to have to worry about it because the NBA contract is coming up. There are going to be three, four, five different providers of NBA entertainment at this point. He is going to be the lead analyst for somebody. If not, they're going to do the Van Gundy cast, which is going to be basically grumpy old man part four. Mm -hmm. But, um, but for other guys, like I just like the June Lees of the world who are excellent baseball writers. I do begin to worry like, yo, what are you going to do next? Because these spots are like, we're all in boats that are rapidly shrinking and this business is just getting smaller and smaller. And it, you end up feeling like a dinosaur waiting for your meteor to come. Sports center anchor, Ashley Brewer, radio host, Jason Fitz. You mentioned baseball writer, June Lee. You had Jeff Van Gundy. We mentioned, yeah, some of the big, just monster personalities that have been let go by ESPN and you're right some of these people are going to be okay because yeah. you're going to have for instance I think Jalen Rose is going to go no, back to the ringer he's going to be fine well and in large part too because they had big old contracts okay they, and they getting, still got to buy him out they still got they still get some of that and, that, yeah. and again that's where the agent helps right so they're going to get paid they've already been paid handsomely when you talk about some of these other outlets, Jalen Rose comes to mind just because Bill Simmons, when he was with ESPN doing Grantland, mm -hmm. Podcast Network, also just their blogs, Jalen Rose was brought over by Bill Simmons, the Jalen and Jacoby podcast, very popular pod, and then now Bill Simmons has the ringer, so I imagine that's the easy fix there. You're going to have some of that. It's a great point you bring up from personal experience that there are going to be a bunch of people behind the scenes that don't have the New York Post article written about them. Yeah, that's the that's where you start to worry because that's where a lot of the creativity in this in this industry is going to go. And what we're learning is that hey, folks don't like to talk about the Knicks and the Yankees and the Red Sox all the time. <laughs> we're finding that out in real time, and it's like, I guess the the industry is about I don't know four or five years too late. But what we're also finding out is that. Like, I, I just worry for the producers that we don't know, the press releases that we're not going to see, the mm -hmm. guys that 
are going to be like me that had to go from Connecticut, Bristol, Connecticut, drive down with all the stuff in their car from Bristol to Charlotte or something like that, or Bristol back home. And with your with your tail and your legs and helping that you don't end up having to work an ice sculpture job in between just to make money. That's awfully specific. Any reason? We've discussed this before. <laughs> We've discussed this before. The so, ice sculpture job is still the goat, by the way. Well, well, it, it partially is. It, but also at the same point, like, that was a frustrating time in my life. For sure. I'm better. Like, yeah. So there's a lot of this that, like, I do feel bad. Like, there's only my sympathy only goes out so far for these stars depending on what the parachutes look like. Well, and there's just there's just the added thing yeah. of you know, pride. Yeah. Also being out of your comfort zone for yeah. somebody like Susie Colbert who worked at ESPN for 27 years. Yeah, that's the that's that's the one that surprises me because it's like there are certain things that in these layoffs and I hate to like put like almost an analyst hat on it, but you're talking about Monday Night Football kind of been gutted. The NFL draft is not going to look the same. Well, and their NBA draft coverage, Nada. I don't know if you thought this, but man, it was not good to me. I I don't know if you thought it was good. I don't. It, I guess that's the thing. I don't look at it as anything more than a glorified HR meeting, and it's just we throw in a little bit of prom because everybody dresses up. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I, that's one of those I take it or leave it. Um, but it, it it's not good. You're right. Though. You're right about that. It's not. It's not very good. And at the same point. Doing this two broadcast, two different station type thing is a weird thing. Well, and I saw Mike Ryan post about this. He's a producer for the Dan Levitard show. Since then, they've opened up their own media entity in Meadowlark yeah. Media. And, of course, they had the radio show for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And he really laid it out well, in my opinion, discussing how ESPN could dominate if they wanted to. They could. they could. If they were making the right decision, the four letters, I'm telling you, they give a lot of prominence to things that might not need or deserve much prominence. And it actually, it borderline takes effort to screw it up. And it seems like there are, especially in the radio game, because while people, yes, you're right about the whole radio entity yeah. that you look People are kind of sick of it. People are kind of sick of But every- it's still fi- like sports radio, as far as... Yes, the current landscape, you're still getting a lot of listeners, still people are tuning in, and maybe I'm being naive to the fact that it'll go away. Like, I I don't think so. I think that's no. a very real possibility at some point. But right now, still people want to tune in, and maybe that's the difference between local radio and national radio, and national misses the mark because they're like, all right, let's just go ahead and talk about New York sports all of the time. Well, then when you have some of these stations that pick up the national shows mm-hmm. – then you're not reaching the local people, and now you're just tuning into something else, listening to a podcast, listening to your Apple Music or Spotify playlist, whatever pod you want to listen to. Where, where I mean, if you're talking Panthers, you have local programming from, yeah. you know, say our station for 12 hours. That's going to appeal to a lot of the people that want to hear the teams that they pull for or content about the teams they pull for. Well, that's the th- like a lot of this is you have to look at this in. Not a quality thing, but a how much can I return? Get a return on my investment thing. Yeah. And when we start doing that, you, these start decisions start to make sense. A lot of this is not going to make sense until you see the stock price. And for anybody that works in the national gig, I will say this: not like you. The biggest indicator of how well or how much you need to worry about your job will always be what the earnings are for your for your company. If you're going to see, again, you hear about the stock going down, okay, now start to worry because things got to go away. But if it's up or if it's stable, hey, you might, again, you live to see another day. You live to make more content. You live to do what you love. 
you just got to remember that at some point, like it's not about quality. It's about what the return is going to end up being for you, for you or for the company, right? That, and that's how you will, uh, assess your job status and your job security from there. Well, yeah. And it's, it's a hard pill to swallow because you try to reconcile. All right. If you are let go, because I've been let go before too. And what it is, is you, you think, okay, how do we make sense of this? Because you feel like you were putting good work. (laughs) Well, like you feel like you're putting good work to, you know, and putting out, out a good product. And in my situation, you know, different in some capacity, but at the same time, it goes along the same neighborhood and what you're talking about because you feel like you're doing a, a good job. You feel like yeah. you're putting out good work. And at the end, it just doesn't matter. This isn't any different for the radio industry compared to other industries out no, there. Not. But it's just hard to reconcile if you are the victim to being laid off. Yeah. And the other thing that you got to remember about this and this, like, I know people are probably super bored by this industry talk. But the biggest thing I can tell you is that the revenge will not save you. The I'm going to show this person why they made a mistake in letting me go is never going to save you. It's not going to be the thing that keeps you. It's going to end up being the thing that survival skill is going to be the same thing that you're going to need to get rid of or else it'll drive you nuts. Trust me. I'm a, I'm a living walking member of that. All right. That is the voice of Nada Edwards. Mm, working some overtime here because we wanted to have yeah. more fun with him, even though that wasn't necessarily a fun conversation, but I thought the opinion was valuable. And so that's why we stuck around with him. Nada Edwards, follow this man on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. Please don't argue with me in my mentions. Oh, Please. because you will get, Please. I mean, Please chastised. Don't. Like you, you do not want these problems, okay? <laughs> I mean, you talk about a flamethrower. This man has one at all times. I rose ready to quick draw. Now. Ready, to <laughs> ready to quick draw. You got a bad take, boom, roasted. That's coming up from at not of the scribe on Twitter, but also go uh, check out his excellent production on the Ion College Basketball Podcast. We'll call it the best overall, all-encompassing college basketball podcast out there. Matt Norlander and Gary Parrish. We appreciate it as always, man. Always a good time. I, I enjoyed my last appearance since we talked about uh, Kyrie on Ayahuasca. Uh, well, and also um, you calling Scoot Henderson the best guard prospect since Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is like the guy that continues to show up in a whole bunch of these conversations that we talk about. Oh, boy. Uh, That's not always fun to talk with him about college basketball and all sorts of topics. Yes, even Kyrie on ayahuasca. We have a couple more segments to go. Still to uh, come here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Thanks to Nada Edwards joining us in the Planet Kia studios. I've already talked about Ion College Basketball Podcast. Also, listen to Cover 3. Kyle Bailey, frequent guest, Chip Patterson on that pod. Also, Bud Elliott. Follow him on Twitter, by the way. Again, at Nada the Scribe. I wanted to talk some college basketball stuff, but man, breaking news kept coming in. And honestly, Fitty, I thought there was going to be a lot of NBA free agency talk today. After the first segment, Trend in Watford News. We haven't had anything else. Maybe with Jake Fisher, Miles Bridges, I guess that was somewhat big. But we talked about the ESPN layoffs, and then we talked about Brandon Miller feelings and video game stars. And so it's been a really, I feel like we have lived up to the hype of a No Rules Friday show today. Yeah, no, it, uh, it's it been a show. And also, there's there's, been some, show. <laughs> there, there's been some audio since, uh, since Jeff Van Gundy's been let go by ESPN. Mama, there goes that man. Mm. I mean, just no respect for Mark Jackson about the partner who made him the broadcaster he is about Jeff Van Gundy being let go. And by the way, 
Um, yeah, we need the Van Gundy uh, cast. Yeah. You, oh, you want the podcast from? No, Jeff no, Van no. I I need I need a, a a stream on TNT Plus or whatever streaming device they want to come out with, where I can watch whatever NBA game on Tuesday or Thursday and listen to the Van Gundys break it down and complain. Did you see that NBC was a player for the next NBA NBA TV deal? Talked about it yesterday with Kyle. How happy are you? As a guy that didn't get to experience that version of which, the NBA. Which, real quickly, same, right? Like, I was real young, not well-versed in the game at that point. You'd welcome it? Oh, yeah. I mean, because, like, I, and I said this yesterday, like, one of the best moments or one of the best pieces of audio in broadcasting history is when Bob Costas signed off from the 98 finals. It's 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 the best soliloquy in sports I've probably ever heard in my life. So I, I would definitely welcome it, mainly because, um, well, I think ESPN's coverage has gotten bad. I, I, I tolerate TNT, and there's no one else. So um, it'd be interesting who their play-by-play guy would be because, like, if you're going to give me Tariko and Van Gundy on a Sunday afternoon, I'm here for it because I don't like Tariko on football, but I think he's a great NBA broadcaster. So, yeah, I, I, Apple TV is going to get involved and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting to see because I know their, their media rights deal comes up at the end of next year. Yeah. And well, and this is part of the part of the thing you have to you think about here, too. Jeff Van Gundy gone. Some NBA prominent personalities, right? Like, I don't know who they would hire. But so, OK, even if you didn't like Jalen Rose, Jalen Rose one of the guys that they would go to in the studio, Vince Carter making the rounds a lot on ESPN, Jeff Van Gundy. Now you're talking about Mike Breen and you're talking about Mark Jackson, who is going to be the person. Are they just going to go with a two man booth? God, they can't. Are they just going to go with Breen and Jackson? Are you going to bring somebody else in there and continue with the three man booth? Are you going to promote Doris Burke and have her be a part of the a, a block broadcast Instead of having Doris on ESPN2 or for some of the lower profile NBA playoff games, because there is a big backing for Doris Burke, for sure. Everybody likes what she does. And I think she's great. And also somebody that you I feel like this would be a quality you love more than any, Fitty. You like it when your broadcaster loves the game. Mm -hmm. And Doris, if you listen to her on any podcast, whether she joins Zach Lowe or whoever has her on a guest, she loves the game of basketball she does and that comes out in all of her broadcasts and also very smart understand has a great rapport with the players too so maybe that's what you do i would be a big advocate of that promoting doris burke working with mike breen and plus mike breen doris burke having just a glow where they're just the nicest people in the world yeah that that broadcast with mark jackson being critical at times i think that'd work really well and she has enough of a personality to where like, like there's never gonna be another van gundy like like van gundy is what he is that's why he's the institution that he is but she also roasted was it her ex-husband or her husband on a national broadcast <laughs> well this that's the point you're you're right about that i did kind of illustrate Doris Burke as someone that would just agree with everything, but that's far from it. Very nice, but also critical when something needs to be criticized. Yeah, no, so I mean, I I think that would be a great trip. Me and Bo were talking about this when he got off the air this morning. The, the rumors are Burke being promoted, J.J. Reddick getting elevated to a more analyst oh, role. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I would not I would not hate because he definitely knows the game, um, and maybe getting him off a of first take would be good for his media career. 
And then the other guy that was mentioning was Richard Jefferson. Um, and I don't like watching games on mute, but if that's what happens, that's what's going to happen to my television. Yeah, Richard Jefferson, he's somebody that is not afraid to clap back on Twitter either. He's somebody that is sarcastic, got an edge to him, even with the broadcasting style, both personal and professionally, which is nice to have. It's nice to have that change of pace. But also, I'm with you. I, I do think. Yeah, J.J. Reddick makes sense. Doris Burke makes all the sense in the world. Richard Jefferson, fine. Um, we'll see what kind of decisions they make here going forward with their NBA broadcast. The other one, too, we haven't talked about. I, I don't want to belabor this topic. It's just interesting to me. Like You can understand from our point of view to see the Giants and some of the... Like, Todd McShay is only second to Mel Kuyper. Right. I mean, who else is more of a prominent NFL draft analyst? I know a lot of people have been there for a while now because the NFL draft is such a big deal. Mm -hmm. But it's Mel Kuyper, who is the father of this. And then it's Todd McShay, who we all thought was. I mean, Todd McShay was going to be the replacement for Mel. At least that's what was we all kind of thought. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, Matt, Matt Miller comes on the scene, kind of made his made his name at Bleacher Report, gets hired by ESPN. So but not the personality McShay. is. No, he's not. Dane Brugler, I know, is really big in the NFL draft world. Um, outside of that, I, I, I can't give you names. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's going to be different. At least we have the mock draft melee. And so whenever we're talking about the Panthers drafting 32 overall, if they win the Super Bowl this upcoming year, we can still listen to Todd, 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 when we're talking about draft picks. It's the best point you've ever made. Thank you. I'm so glad that if you are sad to see Todd McShay go, we will have that soundbite for you. Todd, 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 Todd. We will have that as Frank Caliendo <laughs> impersonating one Mel Kuyper. 704-570-9610. If you have any thoughts on anything regarding the layoffs or ESPN personalities, feel free to text in. 704 said, yeah, Pat McAfee got everyone fired. Yeah, Pat McAfee, I forgot. ESPN picked him up. That's it. So many things have happened since then in the media industry. I completely forgot about that, but you're right. Uh, Vernon wrote in, Doris is a great storyteller. She would fit right in. Logo 704, caping for Stephanie Reddy. Move her on up. Yes, Stephanie Reddy. Very good here as an analyst, sideline and in the in the booth, actually, on the broadcast with the Charlotte Hornets. So we'll see if anybody else gets bumped up nationally as well. I teased it. I promoted it. So we got to get to it. Time now for the Flashback Friday. Let's go back in time. It's Flashback Friday. Let's go way back. Way back in time. It's Friday. You ain't got no job. Uh-oh. What? My time machine has been activated. Time machine? I didn't know you had a time machine. All right, Rupert. Prepare to time travel. You want rundowns? I got rundowns for you. Let's go back three years ago, June 30th. What were the pressing topics of the day? This one especially for you, Fiddy. It illustrates a couple things. One, we're in North Carolina. But also, it was a slow news day. Because the second leading topic was number six prospect Tony Grimes. Mm -hmm. Your boy. Pick in North Carolina. How happy were you at the time Tony Grimes committed to North Carolina? And where are you now on Tony Grimes? Yeah, no, I mean, I remember at the time it was a pretty big deal. It was a big deal at the heeltoughblog.com, which you can find at heeltoughblog.com. Yes. Shameless plug. Um, and it was it was a sign that, man, Mac Brown is doing what he said he was going to do, which was get in the, the type of talent that you 
you need to win at the level that we want to win at with with Mac Brown as our head coach. And um, now, think he's at Texas A&M. Good, good riddance. Good luck trying to defend SEC level wide receivers when you couldn't guard that well in the ACC. And it really sucked because the down the stretch during the the COVID year, he was a really big part of what Carolina did. Well, that bowl game, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't he very good in the bowl game as a guy that reclassified and was a younger player and so entered the game a little bit earlier than expected and was very good right from the get-go and then didn't get any better as his career went on. Yeah, no, I mean, the bowl game, yes. I remember them playing Notre Dame the Friday after Thanksgiving. And that was a national broadcast with Chris Fowler and her and Kirk Herbstreit on the call. And he just raved about him over and over again. And that was kind of his bright spot. So, um, yeah. Tony Grimes, no longer uh, the promising Tar Heel prospect. Uh, I did ask this question, too, a part of the segment. What's the ceiling for North Carolina in two to three years? And is there any way they could pull an upset against Clemson for the ACC championship in a couple of seasons? They, they almost did it. I mean, kind of. They got there. They, they scored on their first possession. They got blown out after they scored on their first possession. But at least they were in the building, which is half the battle. You got to get to the building if you're going to have a chance to beat Clemson in the ACC championship game. They had a historic year for a Drake May, and then eventually they lost. But that was almost proven to be true if they didn't lay a complete egg in the ACC championship. Yeah, maybe this is just me being a negative Nancy, a, a Debbie Downer. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I've lost faith that's going to happen. But I have I have 40-something years of data. It's been since 1980 since they won an ACC championship. And like when you look across the landscape of college football, there have been programs that have been identified as a sleeping giant. Carolina's been one of them. Oregon has actually gotten the furthest of climbing that mountain, making it to multiple national championship games. We're, 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 we're not there. And... You know, Mac Brown's done a lot, but the closest he's got us was to an Orange Bowl. Then in a normal season, Carolina isn't there, but because of COVID, that played a factor in them going to a New Year's Six Bowl game. So, I mean, if they, if they get back to Charlotte this year, I'll be happy. Yeah, I think you would have to be happy. A thick doink wrote in, yeah, Walker, almost, but that will never happen. Uh, let's go to another thing that interests one of your teams. I remember when this was a debate three years ago. I was on the right side of history for this, by the way. I've got a lot. I got a lot of wrong takes. Now some, but this one was right. The next topic: What do we expect from Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott this season? Is that the best QB rivalry at the moment, and who's better? That was a loaded question, but eventually, even if you don't love Dak Prescott, pretty clearly Dak Prescott became the much better QB between the two. Yeah, no, and I remember watching them two duke it out on Sunday Night Football when they were both rookies, and I thought, this is the next NFC East quarterback rivalry. Well, instead, it's Dak Prescott and winning playoff games and Carson Wentz trying to have a career in the NFL. That's the that's the rivalry right now. <laughs> um, because and it, 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 it really sucked for Wentz. Because he's just never been the same after the injury. And we'll never know. I wonder how much Philadelphia going on to still win the Super Bowl without him uh, impacted him mentally. Because it kind of confirmed what everyone said was, you know, you're just a system quarterback and all this stuff. Nick Foles goes in there and outduels Brady in his greatest Super Bowl performance statistically of all time. And the, the, and the, and the Eagles win their first Super Bowl championship. So... It's it, it was wild. Um, I hate it because I love seeing I loved watching those two kind of yeah. go back and forth. But 
Now, I mean, Hurts and Prescott isn't isn't bad. Oh, no. Well, especially Prescott, it was an outlier year turnover-wise for him. If, yeah. he goes, if he goes back to what he was even before, yes, I know, still polarizing for some fans. But if you just limit the turnovers, then Dak Prescott will be right back on track to being somewhat close to worth what that contract is. And Jalen Hurts just had an amazing performance in the Super Bowl. Let's go to some Hornets content from three years ago, June 30th, 2020. One of the lead topics was an article released by Kevin Pelton and Mike Schmitz, now working in the Trailblazer front office. They ranked Devontae Graham sixth and eighth in star potential compared to everyone else in the 2018 draft. I asked how significant it was because on the flip side, Miles Bridges was not found in the top 10 in either one of their lists. And instead it was Devontae Graham ranking sixth and eighth from that class. Big time flip on the court. Miles would be even ranked higher, but now we don't know what's going to happen. I've got people texting me a report we talked about a little bit earlier. Jake Fisher said that Clutch Sports broached the subject of Charlotte pulling the qualifying offer for Miles. Not a laughed at it when he was in studio because you don't want to lose control over somebody as good as Miles, even with the off the court baggage. Um, yet Avante Graham would go on to be traded to the Pelicans, then the Spurs. Not really anything coming for him after that. And Miles, here he is. Uh, and very interesting situation to see who he plays for and how well he plays. Yeah, dude, Graham. Graham was one of the few Kansas picks I, that I actually celebrated because at Kansas, that dude made tough shot after tough shot. It felt like for Bill Self and the Jayhawks, and here he was just fun. He was he was a lot of fun for me as a casual basketball watcher to to watch on the basketball court. I remember when they was it was a sign and trade to New Orleans, correct? Like they signed him to trade him. Yeah, and they got a first round pick that eventually barely, but it worked out. They got a uh, they got a pick that 15th overall selection that then turned into Mark Williams. Yeah, and so and then, now we got the stuff going on with Miles. So I think that's why we just all want them to hit on the, you know, the guys they've been drafting here recently. We feel like, of course, they hit on Lamelo. They've hit on. We feel like we've hit on on Mark Williams. And hopefully you feel like you you, you you land you hit on Brandon Miller because then you can actually have some legitimate homegrown developed star power in Charlotte, which I have never seen in my NBA lifetime. Devontae Graham was fun. I remember all of the comments from Luka Doncic to some key players in the NBA pointing to Devontae saying he is the guy that needs to win most improved player of the year award. I think Luka actually might have won it that year. And Luka was saying, no, not me. It should be Devontae. And so that was a real fun year that he had here with Charlotte. Let's go back just to 2021. So a couple of years ago, June 30th, what was on the rundown? The Charlotte Hornets. They brought in Terry Rogier for almost $20 million per year. What do you make of this replacement for Kimball Walker? Remember when people were discussing Terry having the contract, Kimball Walker moving on to the Boston Celtics, and we were discussing just how much he could replace the star. I'll say worked out a lot better than most people thought at the time. Calling it a fake trade, saying, oh, you didn't really get anything in return for Kimba. But Terry... Yeah, I think you did. Terry really made a, a lot of fans here in the in the Qs. Uh, excuse me, QC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't talk. Where's the Mitch Kupchak sounder? <laughs> yeah. Questions and answers, answers and questions. That's what I sounded like. He, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's been it's been a fun ride. You know, I think the thing is is because I, I was pro keeping Kemba. Like I, I wanted Kemba to become a lifelong. I wanted him to be a lifelong Hornet and stuff like that. But like. If they would have signed him to the contract that they offered him and what happened to him after he left here happens, how much are we dogging Mitch and Michael more than we already do? 
<laughs> yeah, that's another thing that he gets at least a little bit of credit for. So parlaying um, that into a decent contract. You know, the the best you know the thing about Terry Rozier has been a leader for this team at times, and he's given us some epic calls from Eric Collins because he has lost his mind when Terry Rozier has made some big shots. I've got the bobblehead of him and and Dell, and I think he hits a buzzer beater against. Oh, Golden State. Is it Golden State? Yeah. Where it, Terry! <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, just no voice. Just zero voice because it's all strained so much. Uh, yeah, and even the contract now, even if you are looking to trade him, he still provided a lot of good memories in the post-Kimball Walker era. That'll do it for Flashback Friday. We've got one more segment to go, but not before we get to the last Fitty Flash of the day. Go ahead, Fitty. What you got for us? Well, Walker, not a whole lot going on. So I'll give you a baseball score. <laughs> um, the Guardians and the Cubs are tied, nothing, nothing, in the top of the second. The Padres and the Reds, they they kick off a, I believe it's a three-game set tonight, a 5-10 start in Cincinnati. Um, looking around, the, the Red Sox in Toronto, they start a series this, this weekend at 640. The Cardinals will host the Yankees in a series that isn't as attractive as it will, as it would have been when the when the schedule was released. First pitches at 8:15. Maybe the game of the night on Apple TV: the Angels and the Diamondbacks. First pitch 9:38. You saw where Shohei Otani hit his 14th home run in the month of June, and in true Angels fashion. Did so in a losing effort. I uh, heard you mention the Reds there. Real quickly, I just want to get your Ellie De La Cruz take. How exciting is this guy, this guy going to be in the future? It's not fair to have a guy that can hit the ball to first base and still beat it out. And he hit for the cycle the third fewest games in the history of Major League Baseball. And our guy, the Gen Z gi- uh, giant, Drew Romich, said it was not a good thing for baseball that he did it oh, so quickly. Yeah, crazy take. Yeah, don't tell Colin that. <laughs> so he's he's a lot. He's a lot of them. All right. That'll do it for the Fitty Flash. One more segment to go here on Weston Walker. Josh Fitty Marlowe in the co-host chair, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Closing out the week on Weston Walker at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Did you know that Biff Pogey has still been wiling on Twitter as the show has been going on, by the way? Are you serious? He's still going, man. So there are a couple of people that he's actually fighting with. So Trey Kavanaugh, he wrote, aspirations are great. Think I've seen firsthand how aspirations can turn into reality. Just don't confuse aspirations for entitlement. Biff Pogey replied and said, you coach at App State. No one gives a crap what you think. (laughs) Please. What? Please. Biff is not going to back down. Please tell me you're joking. I repeat, (laughs) you coach at App State. No one gives a crap what you think. You're talking about a program that had repeated at the FCS level mm-hmm. and as routine they just they won at number six A&M last year so this comes from an original tweet from Trey Kavanaugh at coach underscore Cavi 
Nothing ruffles my Charlotte feathers more than complaining about community financial support before winning one football game. Doing more with less is a badge of honor, not an excuse. Hashtag Boone Bread. And then Tyler Parr tweeted at Biff Pogey, let him have it, coach. Not our fault. We have higher aspirations than the Sun Belt. And then Trey responded with the tweet I already wrote. And then Biff Pogey said, you'd coach at App State. No one thinks a crap what you think. Good or bad, Fitty? Do you like what Biff is doing here? Going after coaches at App State or just the App State fan base and saying no one gives a crap what they think? You know, as as a guy that gets cornered and painted as just a guy that just talks out of his rear end a lot, that's that's kind of how you describe me. You would I think know. I you would think I would All be right. uh supportive of this type of behavior. Um it would be better if these two teams went on the football field this year. Well, App State would win, too. App State would win because then, like, how do you respond? But, I mean, look, I, I think part of it is just he's confident, but I, I think it only adds pressure for him to to produce a winning product on the field when you come on a radio station and call out business leaders, you, you tweet at coaches and say, and no one gives a crap about what you think, mm-hmm. all while you're – Profile picture is an egg. Yeah, and a literal egg, by the way. This is not the egg picture that you are having your photo set to default-wise. It, it is a real egg that he's holding. And I think Kyle's told this story on air before, um, or Biff told it on air, whatever. Yeah, it's a real egg. And now uh, that egg is sassy, to say the least. When you joined Twitter, did you understand why your your profile picture when you first created your account was an egg? Yes, 100%. You're going to tell me you didn't know that. Um, <laughs> I, I remember I read like a thread about why when you create your Twitter, like why that's your – because, you know, because – I never put together that your home button was a bird, you know, was uh-huh. was was a birdhouse or whatever it was mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I mean, this shouldn't come surprising. I didn't know the three branches of our government the other day. Yeah, that's but. not your finest moment. <laughs> we still love you. By the way, what was your first tweet? Do you remember what it was? Because you've had Twitter for a while to do the North Carolina content stuff. Yeah, I I, I think if if I had to bet, because I joined in twenty thirteen. But I just joined so I could say I had a Twitter so I could sound cool at school. That rhymed. That was the year Duke Carolina got postponed because of the ice. And Coach K didn't want to travel eight miles. And I remember Roy Williams said, well, hell, we'll go get our buses and bring them over. So I remember tweeting out that, and I spelled Duke, D-O-O-K. Of course you did. That Duke is scared of Carolina. Yeah, I I mean, what a great first tweet. And so you honestly could give people five guesses and it would be in that same neighborhood to what your first tweet was ever. Mm-hmm. They'd be pretty damn close to it. Duke Deo. Okay. I don't do it now because like it's, it's well, yeah. I mean, again, first off I am a professional and then I'm like, I just think it's like childish to tweet at people. No, to, to spell Duke that way. Like I got, I have Carolina fans whenever I tweet about Duke whether it's about the Carolina game or just if I'm watching them in general, you misspelled it. It's D O O K. It's just like, <laughs> dude, I'm 26 years old. Like, don't get it twisted. I hate them with every fiber in my in my body. But like, I like you draw the line at that. 
Because there's a lot of things that you have no problem saying about Duke, about Coach K, their players. <laughs> but the fact that D-O-O-K is way past the line. Hey, why don't we grow up, kids? You Tar Heel fans. So immature. The fact you draw the line there is fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, you we know. We all live by different morals. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that, like, I can remember my dad telling me, like, in high school. Because, like, the, Car- the Duke Carolina game was a big deal. He's like, you're going to grow up. You're going to get older, and it's going to lose its importance. And I remember my first year out of high school, we lose. And it was on a, a, a 2015, so 2016, when, when Joel Berry's shot got blocked at the buzzer. And I remember I walked out of my living room and said, I'd rather die than lose to this, this school ever again. And my dad actually kicked me out of the house. Yeah, He's like, you know, I can't allow you to be that stupid and live in my house. And then this past year, regular season finale. I'm in the fishbowl at the job watching the game because Flounder had to work, so I came to work here to watch the game. Is this where smoke caught you on film? No, that was the Alabama-Iowa State game in out in Portland. Okay. And, and I remember, like, when I got done, I had sweated through my entire shirt because I coached them for two hours. <laughs> to a loss. <laughs> yeah. With our season on the line. Yeah, that's brutal. I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, I'm still paying attention to the Twitter fight between Trey Kavanaugh and Biff Pogey. So I told you about how Biff Pogey told Trey Kavanaugh on Twitter, you coach at App State. No one gives a crap what you think. Trey Kavanaugh quote tweeted that and said, glad I grew up around the people that I did that showed me how to do this profession the right way. Hope every high school player and coach I've been associated with in Charlotte sees this. Thanks for giving enough of a crap to tweet at me. Handshake emoji. Who won? Who won the Twitter beef? Is it Biff for just being so blatant? (laughs) Or is it Trey Kavanaugh with a little bit more pinky out shade that he's throwing Biff Pogey's way? I think it's Kavanaugh because he brought up the greatest point. Recruiting. Like, how is this going to... I mean, at this point, it feels like he's asking to get fired. But players might like it. I don't know about players' parents, which ultimately you're going to have to have a nice sales pitch to as well. But the players might be like, yeah, I want to play for that guy, Biff Pogey, calling out people on Twitter. You know, we do all these types of things for charity and stuff like that. Screw a charity football game. Just get these guys in the ring, put on some boxing gloves, and let's just see who can win. Oh, Biff would, right? I I know Biff is older, but it seems like he could win a few fights. Yeah, I mean, especially if you ruffle his Italian feathers. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Those are the wrong type of feathers to ruffle with, those Italian feathers. We had the question, what cereal mascot would win in a fight yesterday? We've also had this before. I believe this was a Twitter topic one time of what uh, football coach in college you would most choose in a fight. And Biff Pogey might be up there. That might be high on the list. I think I would kind of choose him. Trying to think who else would really fit the fit the bill for that conversation. Yeah, I don't know about what what about in the ACC. Anybody that you could think of? Oh, in the Narduzzi. ACC? Oh yeah. You think Narduzzi? Oh yeah, that that dude is from the <laughs> Midwest. He's a Midwest maniac. Like I, I've seen that guy in, in the press box go for like full Don Lagreca when his team doesn't do what he wants him to do. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's it's either him him, him or Cristobal.
You like Cristobal as well. I was thinking about Cristobal, yeah. too. I was trying to think of somebody else, but I think those would probably be uh, some good mentions. Dave Clawson's got an attitude. I don't know, know if he has the build for it, but he does have an attitude sometimes that would make you believe, yeah, maybe he could win one. All right, that'll do it for Wesson Walker. Big thanks to Fiddy for pulling some overtime. He also is going to be in the co-host chair on Monday, right? I believe that's correct. Yeah, I'll be back on Monday from uh, from 12 to 6. 12 to 6 again, huh? Yeah. Doing it again? All right. Yeah. Shouts to Smoke still dealing with the wisdom tooth surgery, having those things taken out. So here's Fiddy, along with, of course, Kyle Bailey, coming at you from 3 to 6 right here, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.